you are listening to your undeniable global heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Live Zone Sports here with you. Of course, our basketball podcast, Dynamics on the Hardwood. On the football side of things, go listen to On and Off the Field. We also have the 1-0 podcast, which is our video gaming podcast. And don't forget, the empire is growing. With our wrestling podcast, The Undisputed Empire, we show a lot with the wrestling guy. Still to be happy about. You're up too old. Job's not finished. Job finished? No, I don't think so. You can find us under YouTube under LZ Podcast. You can find us on Twitch and TikTok under live underscore zone underscore sports. And you can also find us on Spotify under Live Zone Sports, as well as 90.7 WKKF. Stay tuned for more. You're listening here on Live Zone Sports. Uh, we talked about a lot today. We got, you know, basketball and the playoffs, and then we go into <laughs> hello dog. Uh, then we go, <laughs> then we go into uh, the MVP race with the Live Five list. Now we're gonna head into a different sport here. Uh, Sinister. I'm gonna be the first one to give you the question here: Mac or Lamar? Mac Jones and Lamar? Yeah. I look, 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 look. The tone for Matt for, for Lamar has been set <laughs> as far as salary cap goes. Because Mr. Hertz set the tone for quarterbacks and money. So, first of all, they're not breaking the bank. Belichick loves his finance. One of the things that people don't know, Belichick knows about money. Okay. And he's he's not breaking the salary cap. For Lamar Jackson to come here. I can tell you that right now. Um, number two, they've got Mac Jones in his third year right now. They keep these guys under their five-year contract, um, and then they'll get rid of them at the end of the five years because they got that five-year rookie contract that ain't cost them a dime. Um, but again, Bill O'Brien is here. Bill O'Brien is here. And for those who don't know football and for those who don't cover football like I do, I'm just going to let you all know something. Let's roll the clock back to the beginning of last season, just after the draft here. The number one question that was being asked of Bill Belichick before they headed into preseason was what? Who's your who's your offensive coordinator this year, Bill? And I sat there and I've covered games. I've been down there for interviews and things. And my first question was, was wow, why is the media and press hot? on asking this question about who your OC is. And Bill said, I'm not going to go with that because Bill already knew. The issue here is, is that when Mac Jones got drafted, we all know, now that we know, Nick Saban was supposed to allow Bill O'Brien to leave Alabama and he was going to come here and get Mac Jones ready for his for his first season, headed into his second season. Guess what? Saban is, from what I've heard, is Saban didn't want to let him leave and wanted him to stay one more year and that put Belichick in a position to go without an OC. And we all know how last year went without having an OC. Matt Patricia was was horrible. He was a defensive coordinator. Um, I had all these people on my timeline talking about how Mac Jones stunk up the place and this and that. And I'm like, but he doesn't have a real yeah. offensive coordinator. He flourished. How does a guy flourish under, under Josh McDaniels, a true offensive coordinator, and, and drop off the map 
because he doesn't have an offensive. Bill O'Brien is going to change everybody's opinion of Mac Jones in my book. Um, and he's also lit a fire because he brought Matt McSorley from the Ravens in. And we still have Zappy, who a lot of people in this area like. Um, it's going to be an interesting camp. It's going to be an interesting camp for quarterbacks. You've now added Juju Schuster to the mix. And here's the thing, people. A lot of people are like, oh, the Patriots need a solid wide receiver. We really, The Patriots really don't need a solid wide receiver. You brought Juju Smith-Schuster in. You have Devontae Parker and the other kid. Look, those two guys were studs under a defensive coordinator. Imagine these two guys with Juju Smith-Schuster, and then you got Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki as the double tight ends with a solid running back core. This is going to be a totally different offense this year, people. This is It's going to be a different offense, and I don't even know where they're going in the draft right now. I have a feeling they're going to trade down and they're going to get another offensive lineman, or they may go defensive and try to get a, a rusher from the outside. Or I like to see the Pats go with a nose tackle. I want to see them get a nice, solid run stopper because I'm really tired of watching Patriots games and seeing them give up a ton of real estate up the middle. They need another solid Vince Wilfork-type nose tackle who plugs that hole and forces guys to the outside. Okay. <laughs> that was a loaded So, Mac Jones, right. Mac Jones is my answer right now. All right. So, you're going Mac. Um, I'm going to say, what? Uh, n- no. <laughs> when you have a thing right now with Mac Jones or Lamar Jackson, your go-to is to take one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Lamar Jackson. Now, I, yes, you're right. The money, it's it's a problem. And, you know, I think that we're going to see that a lot because not just even because of the quarterbacks that in the league, but, like, let's look at baseball as well. Baseball players are getting ridiculous contracts, so now those NFL and NBA players are going to, Start going along with it. You know, I mean, I think you have to go Lamar here. I know Mac is great. Mac Jones could be an amazing quarterback. But here's the thing. We're in a generation now of football where it's not about, like, the Tom Brady style of football. We're we're in we're in a situation now where your quarterback's got to be able to run and got to be able to run under pressure. Lamar Jackson yeah, but, can do that for you. <laughs> but look at how many times Lamar Jackson has been hurt. Yeah, I agree. And and, I agree. And, and Belichick isn't isn't a fan of that. Belichick and that's why Belichick doesn't like mobile quarterbacks because yep. he's not a fan of a guy who can get hurt. At the drop of a dime because he's rolling out on the pass. We've seen it with RG3. We've yeah. seen this. We've seen this time and time again with mobile quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson, three years in a row. It it it's it's you're always one hit away. You're always one hit away. You're always I, one hit I, away. I, I, I get it, but you know, looking at it, what he's accomplished so far. And that's with a team that he didn't really have much with. It wasn't the same Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens that we know of in the early 2000s when they had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all of them. It's not Ooh. those guys anymore. You know what I mean? It's a different team, different structure. The structure was all on Lamar Jackson. I think if you give him a good offensive line and if you give him some good receivers or tight ends in this case, I think you have a great chance 
chance for Lamar to go into the Super Bowl of the league. I think I think Lamar Jackson, he just hasn't had the team or hasn't had the structure around him to make him succeed. And I think if he goes to New England there, where obviously he <clears throat> wants to come because he's liking what we did here in the offseason, I think you have to go to Lamar Jackson. I think you have to push for that and be like, all right, we're still New England. We still got it. We're still going to make that big move. Brian just read on Twitter that Marcus. No, we went this morning. We went this morning. We went this morning. <laughs> Someone was trying to let me know that there was breaking news, but we already knew. Uh, Matt Patricia went to the Eagles. He's a uh, defensive assistant lead. They can have him. <laughs> you shouldn't even. He, he doesn't even deserve to be a college coach, never mind uh, NFL coach. But we won't even get into that. But I'm just saying, when it comes to Mac or Lamar, that ratio is there. Don't get me wrong. Mac Jones is a great quarterback, and he could be a starting caliber quarterback. But when you have Lamar Jackson right there in your hands, in your grasp, you got to take that. So, so for me, athletically, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson all day. Decision-making? Lamar Jackson all day, but like I said, Belichick also is a numbers guy. He knows how to work the salary cap, and I can just tell you right now, the the only reason why he's not coming in, I'm saying Mac Jones, is because salary cap. Um, And, you know, like people know, yeah, there's big contracts in the NFL, but let's remember, in the NFL, the only guaranteed money in the NFL, and this is the big difference between the NFL and MLB, is the signing bonus money. The money that they get on the back end isn't guaranteed. The only money they really get in their pockets is the signing bonus money. Um, And teams can kill teams like Indianapolis, who signed, um, re-signed Peyton Manning to a humongous contract and and put all his money in the signing bonus money. And then it ruined their organization for years to come um, because that's the money. That's the only money that you have to pay out to Mm -hmm. a player is that signing bonus. Um, Like I said, I, I... He's athletically better than Mac Jones. He makes better decisions than Mac Jones. But I think financially, he's not coming. Now, now, looking at Mac Jones, because I know you're choosing Mac Jones and everything. I know that's your quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's your guy that you want to see. You know, do you see him being like the Tom Brady type of player that we had years ago? No, because Tom Brady was an enigma. Um, Tom Brady... I watched this guy from the beginning of his career all the way to the end of his this career. And, and Tom Brady was a guy, we were blessed to see Tom Brady. You're never, you're never going to see another quarterback like Tom Brady in your lifetime like this ever again. He was, he, there was, he was, he is up there with the best of all time. Um, and before you keep on going, I do want to say my friend over here at the TCN next step, is here with us, and he's not really a Tom Brady fan. So, <laughs> and, and real quick, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Tom, so, Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't liked by a lot of people outside of yeah. New England. Yeah, um, because of his successes, um, because of how the league treated him. Let's let's be fair. Let's be honest. When he left New England, he went down to Tampa Bay. He didn't get a lot of the the treatment that he got when he got to Tampa Bay because you know it was it was it, it kind of ran its it ran its mark you know yeah um, but again the accomplishments he made um, you can't knock that and you'll never see nothing like that ever again Mac Jones is going to be his own guy and I'm just telling you Bill O'Brien had this kid in a great place in Alabama and trust and believe me Bill O'Brien is going to make this he's not going it's not going to be a gift. 
he he knows him. He knows his weaknesses. But he's going to make sure whoever is quarterback for the Patriots is going to earn it. And I know a lot of people like Zappy, but Zappy folded under pressure in the Chicago game bad, real bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, all right, but you didn't really give him a chance there. I mean, you know, Zappy, Bailey Zappy could be something special. So if you if you listen to my old stuff, I don't even know if it's still up there. I think me and Next Step deleted it. But if you listen to our old stuff, I said that Zappy and Mac was the same situation as Brady and Bell- and uh, Bledsoe. I think Zappy is your guy. I think when it comes to Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is C plus tier. I think Bailey Zappy could be a little bit above that in that B minus tier, B tier. I think that honestly, in my opinion, you have, like you said, no offensive coordinator. Not one in sight right now, right? We had Matt Patricia. Shouldn't even be a, shouldn't even be a coach in the NFL. Even, it, dude's a high school coach, but I don't know why he's getting paid millions for it. But anyways, we're not even going to go into that. Look at what Zappi did under Matt Patricia's offense. Now imagine if Bailey Zappi had an offensive coordinator. Nobody thinks about it that way. But they were Mac, defenses he Mac, went up against, though. But Mac Jones couldn't do anything against those defenses, right? <laughs> it was he got hurt. He got hurt. Remember, he got hurt. You know, and so we didn't get to come see on. what he could do against those garbage come defenses. On. Come on, come on. <laughs> and then now. we, and then what happened when he met a real defense in Chicago? He folded. Yeah, but the only score <clears throat> that the New England Patriots had came from Bailey Zappi. And that was, listen, I, I, I have this conversation all the time with people. Mac Jones could not get the ball down the field for the life of him in that Chicago game. Bailey Zappi comes in. It's either one or two plays, throws a touchdown pass. You got to look at that and be like, maybe Bailey Zappi's our guy. Right. Yep. And then they and then they clicked the defense on, and then two plays later, he was crying on the sideline, scared for his life, and lost all his composure to the point where they had to put. <laughs> yeah. And, but, then, and and that was and that's not good. That was not good for him. Yeah, and it was. It, you're right. It wasn't good for him. But at the same time, he was put into a situation that he shouldn't have been in because he to, he got told that he wasn't going to play. That the starter was going to be Mac Jones. He he wasn't ready for any of that so to put him in a position where he's ready to go he's our starting quarterback we have a plan for bailey zappy not specific not specifically for mac jones but for bailey zappy to succeed i think you look at him and you're like that's a pretty good starting quarterback well we're we're gonna see it we're gonna see it because bill o'brien said Nobody's the starting quarterback until they make it to camp and work their way through camp. And we're going to see yep. it through camp. And what stinks about this now is that we only have three preseason games now. I, I hate that we only yep. have three preseason games. Um, you really don't see what you see. I felt like four was a great mix. The first, you got to see the scrubs. But I always felt like that week two and week three of preseason was key um, to seeing how your players develop and who your starting quarterback's going to be. I think three games, a lot of people say, well, they only lost one game. I think it's crucial. Ow. Losing that preseason uh. game, that fourth preseason game, I think meant a lot. Um, I don't think you really get to see what you want in 
in three preseason games. I don't think you get to see it in four, to be honest. I, I really don't. I, I really don't think you get to see what this, what the backups have, what the up-and-comers have. I think you need to look into the... like Preseason has never been a way to like show me because, let's face it, rookies, if they're not in the spot where they're a starter, they're not in... It, it's it's not a game. It's like a college game all over again, you know. So well, my claim to fame for those who follow me, they'll they'll tell you this. One of the things I say every year about the NFL, week four, yep. week four in the NFL for me is when you start to separate the pretenders from the contenders. You can have teams that can open up week one and and look like Super Bowl champions. I feel like week four is always that mark where you know who is going to be who. We saw this with the Patriots. One year, week four, they get blown out by Kansas City. Everybody wants to trade Tom Brady away, and they want to fire Belichick, and then the Patriots come back after week four, and they go on a tear, and they win the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. Week four has always been for me week four. We had Dallas. Remember Dallas came out one season? Yep. They were 4-0. and 4-0, and and I forget who they met up with at week four, and then from, from week four on, Dallas was done. <laughs> so week four for me has always been that that measuring stick for the NFL. And um, again, remember people, we've got uh, new playoffs uh, this year. We've got the added teams this year. I'm not a fan of it. I think the NFL playoffs and the amount of teams that went in were perfect. I don't think it needed to be messed with at all. I I hate it. A lot of people don't like it, but I think more competition is better. I mean, for teams that obviously, like last year, the Detroit Lions didn't get in. The Green Bay Packers didn't get in. I mean, those are teams that should have gone in, in my opinion. So we get to see mm. that, you know. Okay, so so and here's what and this is going into my fantasy football league where I've had guys complain to me in fantasy football because they miss Whole out on the playoffs. <clears throat> Whole different story. They'll say, and, and and my answer to them is, win your games. <laughs> win your games. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But at the same time. At the same time, uh, you, you can't look at the Lions team last year and be like, oh, they didn't deserve a playoff spot. They did. The Lions did deserve it. They played their asses off, and they should have made the playoffs yeah. last year. The Lions def- definitely should have. Um, Tampa Bay getting in was – but, again, I get it. It's it's all about the money, and um, we'll see. It may it, Again, like I've said before, the NFL does stuff and always proves me wrong, Yep. like the draft, which we're about to talk about. They yep. proved me wrong. Time well, time again. before we get into the draft, the other question I have, what teams won in free agency for you? Jesus. Eagles, last year. I feel like the Eagles had a great, great free agency period. And, oh, hold on. The Rams killed it the year that they took home the Super Bowl. They made, they made a hell of a trade. They dumped their quarterback. Sent them off to Detroit. Well, I'm talking about this season. Oh, this season free agency. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, the I, Eagles I, had a I real bad one. This. I hate to say this. This year, it's the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, they got Jalen Ramsey. Um, they picked up, um, they've got Tyreek Hill from last year. I think the GM down in Miami, I think they had the best free agency period. I think I think the Dolphins are the team to watch this year as far as really? free agency went. Yeah, they scare me. They they, they scare me this year. The Dolphins okay. could be a good ass team. 
Um, you got you got Jalen Ramsey on one side, and I forget the other kid name that they got. Rhodes. Their defense, their defense is going to be um, uh, phenomenal. crazy. Phenomenal. And, and if Tyreek Hill can play lights out this year, um, he stumbled a few games last year, but um, the Eagles could be a real crazy team. I mean, the, the Dolphins could be a real crazy team to compete with this year. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you a few teams. Um, I'm going to say the Bears getting DJ Moore as their number one wide receiver. I think that definitely helps Justin Fields out. I think that was definitely needed. They they signed they re-signed a few key pieces on their offensive line, and you know they're looking good to go. Um, the New Orleans Saints getting Derek Carr. That's a big one for me. I think that mm. is a, a lot of people. Listen, a lot of people give me that face. I honestly think that he could be a great fit for the New Orleans Saints. I really do. And, you know, having I, I know people don't like talking about him because of, you know, what happened and everything with him and everything like that because of how stupid he is outside of football. But we, we talk about running backs. You know, Alvin Kamara is up there when he has a quarterback. Alvin Kamara is up there. All right. Mm-hmm. Not even just that. We have Michael Thomas coming back. We have um, we have a few people on the team that on the defensive side that just it looks phenomenal. You know what I mean? Derek Carr looks like a phenomenal fit for the New Orleans Saints right now. They finally filled that gap at quarterback after uh, after losing Drew Brees. Then after that, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Detroit Lions. They met. They got rid of one person, and that was Williams, the running back. Other than that, the team is still intact. They're looking towards the draft, and they're looking towards the future. And I think that's going to be huge in the NFL coming up. And then my they last a huge chip. They got a yep. huge chip on their shoulder for that, yes. you know. So they they know they know they were there. So yep. Yep, and they know they should have been there, and they're going to get there this year, I think. And then my last team, you know, a lot of people are not talking about it. I think the New England Patriots had one of the best offseasons in a while. They got Juju, that I think is a upgrade over Jacoby Myers. Then after mm-hmm. that, they got Mike Gusecki. So now they have Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry for that oh, double tight end offense that they used back when Gronk and Hernandez <clears throat> were there. And then after that, they re-signed Jalen Mills. They're going to make him a safety where he should be. And then they're going to go out, and I personally think they're going to go draft corners. That's me personally. But, I mean, you got Duggar as well. The defense looks they've great. Got, they've, got, they've got two solid corners for the Patriots right now. Um, they do. I, 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 they, they've got two solid corners. And like I said, my biggest complaint is I'm tired of them giving up that yards up the middle. I, yep. I think they need to draft a solid nose tackle. I'll be very happy. People weren't happy with the O-line last year, um, injury-wise and player-wise. Uh, strange. He's still here. Um, let's see what happens in this second year. Um, but, again, they might go offensive line again. The Patriots are actually drafting. Um, let me see. I think they're 16th. They are. 14th. Yep. They're 14th, 14th this year in the okay. first round. Um, usually we all stay up. Patriots draft late, and then we're, we end up watching them trade to, off to the next day. I think the Patriots for the second year row are going to pick in the first round. Um, everybody's thinking wide receiver they're going for. I don't think they're going for a wide receiver. I think they're happy with Juju Smith. I think they're happy with Devontae. I think they know what they have, and they think they know that they didn't have a true OC. A true OC is going to bring these guys out. 
I think I think the Patriots draft either defensively or or an offensive lineman or they trade down. Okay. Uh let's not let's let's not forget about the special teams as well. They like drafting those special teams guys. But I think that's gonna come later in the draft though. I do I do. Well they're gonna I, give it a KMA court, the, the special teams coach, because he's horrendous. So I was surprised he yeah. wasn't fired in the offseason along with Matt Patricia, because I, I, I'm not a fan of KMA court. I mean he's a nice guy and stuff, but special teams last year was horrendous. Horrendous. Um Do you wanna say something? Oh no! All right, all right. <laughs> I thought you wanted to say something football based. I was like, "Wow!" I know nothing about football. Let's be honest. <laughs> but no, I think I personally think that they're going to go offensive line. I really hope they don't do the typical Patriots move and go for a running back. That would be very disappointing. But um, I, I do think I do think either offensive line or cornerback. Well, they got they, they they're coming in with three solo running backs right now. But Belichick likes stacking running backs for late in the year, so it, it could. But I, I, like I said, I, I'd like to see a nice nose tackle or another offensive, good, solid offensive lineman. But I really, I'm really hoping for a nose tackle. I, I'm just tired of giving up the real estate up the middle. Tired yeah, I, of it. I, I, Two years in a row now. All right. So, uh, I mean, other than do you want to talk a little bit about the draft before we go? Because you know more again, about just, it than I will. Just, just real quick with the draft that you know. I've always hated that the fact that they've moved it to Thursday nights, um, but the NFL has proven that it works. Um, they come out, they came out in Tennessee for it. Um, they're about to come. I'm pretty sure the fans are about to come out for it in Kansas city. So moving it out of radio city hall has been the best thing for the draft. And here's my thing. People mock drafts and all that stuff. You can throw it out the window because the free agency periods in the last three years have been so crazy. Right up until the night of the draft, um, I think everybody's mock drafts get thrown out the window. I think I think you oh, yeah. it, 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 even last year's draft. I remember saying that Mac Jones could follow us, and people were like, "Oh, you play too much Madden." And I'm like, "I play too much Madden." Then when he got when we got Mac Jones, everybody's like, "Holy Christ!" I'm like, "Because all these teams went all these different places that everybody didn't think they were going to go." Yep. And and the draft changed. Mm-hmm. I think it was like we were we were like into the tenth round and like no quarterbacks had gone yet and it was like whoa, it was like what's going on here? You know, I mean the tenth pick. <laughs> it, it, it was like yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so like to, I think the only solidified pick in drafts that we when we watch a draft is the number one pick. Panthers yeah. are going quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think I, anything whoa, after that first pick. Actually, actually, no. I think the first two are going to be quarterbacks, and then after you that, think the Texans. You think the Texans are going for a quarterback too? Yeah, first two are going to be the two quarterbacks, and then after that, it's it's crap whatever shoot. crap shoot. Yeah, crap shoot. <clears throat> but anyways, we shall see what happens in the NFL and the NFL draft coming up shortly. But um, stay tuned for more because we got. My oh, favorite segment. Hold on. Oh. Just want to, before we get out of here with the NFL talk. Yeah. For those who are watching, <laughs> just remember in, in a couple of months, in, in at the end of June, the new Madden comes out. But I just want people to remember that this is still the greatest football game of all time. ESPN, 2K5, Terrell Owens on the cover. You could put your own music into the stadium. So when you score the touchdown online, the person that you were playing against had to hear the music that you would put in your stadium. I used to have Lincoln Park when I scored a touchdown. <laughs> All right. Music. 
I think the cover, I think the cover really should have been Randy Moss, but we, you know, we won't even get into that. <laughs> but anyway, stay tuned for more because we got my favorite segment coming up. We're going to be talking about some WWE, so be there. Everybody, welcome back to another Live Zone Sports segment. I'm your host, Live Zone, and I got my very special guest, Sinister, here with me. And we're going to be talking about a little bit more basketball. Um, now, I do this thing that's usually called the Live Five list. So, what that is, is you know, you give five reasons why you're picking this. So, we will get into that, but we're going to be talking about the MVP race. So, I want to take a little look into it because um, stats-wise, we got Joel Embiid. He has 33.1 points per game. He has a field goal percentage of 54.8. He has rebounds, 10.2 a game. Assists, he has 4.2. Steals, he has 1. And blocks, he has 1.7. On the other hand, with our other finalists, we have uh, Nikola Jokic, which has 33.7 points. He has a 63.2 percentage on the field goal. He has uh, 38.3 for three point. I didn't look at that for Joel, but he has mm-hmm. he has 11.8 rebounds, 9.8 assists. For steals, he has 1.3, and for blocks, he has 0.7. And then, of course, we have Giannis here as well. Giannis has 32.1 points. He has a 55.3 field goal percentage, 27 from three. He has 11.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists. He has 0.8 steals, and he has 0.8 blocks. Now, those are the three finalists. Uh, So for for the live five list, I want to hear who your MVP is and why. All right, so it's, so it's a tough one for me because I really want to pick Giannis, and Giannis is is dominating all around. He's a great shooter. He's a tough guy. Um, you know, he's a leader on his team, as you guys are seeing him now. He took that injury, you know, and he's out with the back injury, but he's right out there courtside. He's getting his team fired up, so he's a leader, of course. Um, and you know, he's he's dominating. He, he can he can knock down blocks. Um, and he's fast for the, for the, for the size he is, he's a fast guy. Giannis can go up and down the court with everybody else on that court. So for his size, he's a fast man. He's scary up and down the court. Um, and I believe that's my five, but for some reason, but for some reason, if I have to pick MVP, I I have to follow suit with the majority of NBA players. And I got to pick Joel. And be really over Giannis, and and wow. I think it's, I think it's, I think he's shooting lights out for. I think his outside shooting is better um, than Giannis. His up from from the perimeter. Um, I, I I like him on the court as a team player. Um, he's not injured right now, <laughs> um, and then that's and and Giannis did take a, a a tough spell. Let's be real here, um, but I feel like right now. They're showing that without Giannis, they can still win games right now. I think if if the Sixers were to lose Joel Embiid, I think they would have a problem. And that's where my figuring in in my top five goes. I, I look at, if we didn't see, to be honest, if we didn't see this happen in the playoffs with Giannis, Giannis would be my MVP. But now we're seeing 
that this team can play without him, I, I'm going to say, well, if they were to lose Joel, how would they be? And I feel like the Sixers may not be able to play without him present. So Okay. And All that's right. kind of where I'm leaning. That's why I'm picking Joel right now. Okay. So mine is going the direct opposite way. I'm not picking Giannis, and I'm not picking Embiid. I'm, peaking, I, I'm picking Nikola Jokic. I got six reasons. I know it's a live five list. I'm sorry, but I got six. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, three-time MVP. Three times in a row, that would be an amazing stat line to have for your career. All right. Number two, he's one of the best leaders in the NBA. Let's face it. Number one in the West. I mean, you got to look at it. You got to look at it. You know, the next point I have is the one seed in the West. So the big man, he's versatile. He can pass the ball. He can dribble the ball. He can get rebounds. He can shoot threes. He can shoot mid-rangers. He could go in the post and get you. He's all over the place. Number four, makes people better. I'm sorry, but when you look at a person like Aaron Gordon that has been suffering in in uh, Orlando Magic jersey for more than half of his career, right goes to the denver nuggets and now he's what a 15 and 10 guy on a championship contending team you have a guy like jamal murray i love jamal murray that is Jokic's robin right there he found his robin you know you have michael porter jr a guy that didn't play any of his rookie year and now he's another 15 and 10 guy and then let's let's talk about Catavius Caldwell Pope because he went from being a guy that was worth that was not worth his contract that could shoot threes and that's the reason why he was getting money to being one of the best three-point shooters in the game right now and averaging at least 10 points on the year all right and then the last one the Denver Nuggets cannot win without Nikola Jokic he's the guy He's the he's the he's the number one reason why the Denver Nuggets are where they are right now, and you can look at it when Jokic was hurt. They had uh, they had Nurkic. He didn't amount to anything until he got to Portland for a reason because the whole thing was surrounded on Jokic. So therefore, for me. One of the best leaders, three-time MVP, first seed in the West, big man that's versatile, makes others better, and can't win without him. That's my MVP right there. I know we're we're focused on we're focused on regular season, and you know, don't get me wrong, Giannis is doing great. Was doing great in in the regular season. There wasn't a guy that could stop him. They, they had 18 wins straight um, at one point, but I just think for me right now, seeing what Jokic has done. And seeing how the team really revolves around Jokic, I have to say Nikola Jokic is my MVP, and he's going to be one of the only that's a three-time MVP in three years in a row. I'll take that. I'll let you get that one. All right. So, I mean, that's a little quick segment here for the MVP. Uh, Before we do go, though, I do want to say there were some people that didn't make it to the finalists that I know should have been in there. Who are your candidates for MVP that didn't make it? I, I look. I'm hearing the Celtics. I would definitely put Jason Tatum in that argument. 
Okay. He, he would be probably my fourth. Of, he, you need a Jason Tatum. Um, he's really turned this team around. He's matured. He's dropping 20 plus all okay. season. Um, he's a healthy guy. He's a leader. I would say Jason Tatum would be one of my picks to add, you know, that could be up in that mix. All right. Anybody else before I take mine? Um, You know what? I'm almost curious to say Jalen Brown. Okay. You know, right. I, I think I think with I think without Jalen Brown too, the Celtics don't have that success. So I, I feel like either one of those you could pick as an MVP, um, as a, as a debate. Either right. one of those. All right. <clears throat> so you have JT and JB. I have three names that I okay. would like to put up there. So number one, JT. I would put Jason Tatum up there in a heartbeat. I think he should have been the MVP this year with the way that the Celtics are winning games and with the way that their season's going and how Jason Tatum can still be that leader and still, you know, get them to be good in the playoffs and everything like that. JT, definitely my number one that I think should have been in there. Um, my number two, Luca. Let's not forget that Luca is a bona fide mm-hmm. stud. The man can shoot lights out. The man, the man don't miss. I mean, let's be honest. Clutch situations, you're going to Luka. And with the team that, you know, he had, if they didn't tank, they could have been the number, what, three or four seed? I mean, and look at the team he had around him. He didn't have Kyrie Irving until the trade deadline. Oh, yeah, right, you know, right. he, that, was, that was another one that, you know, Luka made Spencer Dinwiddie look really good. Really good. And then they traded him away for Kyrie Irving. And then my my last one, you know, I talked about it in the last segment that we had. Don't sleep on Jalen Brunson. Man, he, he's been putting up numbers for this New York Knicks team. I think without him, they're not in the spot that they're in right now where they're the number, what, four, three seed. I think it's four or five, actually. Four or five seed. You know, Jalen Brunson, he's been doing it for the New York Knicks. And even with his playoff appearances, if you want to look at it in – the playoff season and not just the regular season, Jalen Brunson is really showing up for the New York Knicks, so I would have to put him in there as well. Gotcha. I like those. Yeah. But anyways, stay tuned for more because we're going to go over to Vicinus's favorite sport. We're going to go over to football for a little bit. So we'll catch you in the next one. Everybody, welcome to another Live Zone Sports here on 90.7 WKKL on Spotify on YouTube, or on wherever you're listening to. I'm Live Zone Sports, and today I'm here with a very special guest. And I will actually let you introduce yourself because you are way better at it than me. <laughs> All right, it's your boy, Sinister One, joining you here on Live Zone Sports. Uh, people know me as Sinister One, of course. Uh, Keith Hayes uh, used to write some articles for WrestleNuts.com when they first started out. They used to cover writing for you know stuff on wwe and uh wcw and ecw uh back in the day um and then i progressed on and wrote some opinion pieces in patriots football weekly when it first started out um and then i moved on to radio to wxbr wbt in in brockton and you know i've not and i've now progressed through all these other channels that i've moved through like crashing into the big field with uh, kevin tachi who's now on watd um, and now I have my own show. I, I mean, I could spend an hour here talking about all the stuff <laughs> I've done. So right now I'm doing the booth and then I produce Maddie C sports for you and me. 
and crashing into the big fields, one of the sports shows I used to do, um, Oscar Mike Radio with Travis Prottington, and then, um, you know, Happy Hour with Lito is is another show that I do. And Drafting the Circuits, last night, live, we do yeah. NASCAR, F1, um, NHRA, we cover all that stuff. We cover all the racing stuff, and we've had some great racers on this season. Stingray Rob, who's going to be, you know, nominated for Rookie of the Year, we had... Um, Callie Caruso, um, Camry Caruso, who won the NHRA opening week. Um, so we've had some big, I big guests on. Yep, Stephon Wilson racing the Indy 500. We've had yep. for for a podcast, you know, like I said, podcasting when I started out was a joke. I was laughed at, and now we're getting respect. Yeah, as we should. I mean, podcasting, I think, is a big thing especially with sports i mean espn look at them like look at first take and everything like that they wouldn't have that without podcasting you mm -hmm. know so um but i will say that i do want to get into the nba playoffs because we're here <laughs> this is this is what we're here for you know what i mean so let's start off with the celtics how are you liking the celtics right now up to uh, look the, the the celtics are definitely in control of their destiny 2-0 and um they're getting ready to head into game three. They're healthy. Um, I love the Celtics right now because I think they have the deepest bench of 100%. all the teams. And and I talked about this early on. When they brought Blake Griffin into the Celtics, my opinion was was that I already know what they brought him in for. They didn't they didn't they didn't care for Blake to play the 80 plus games during the season. Mm -hmm. They wanted Blake to give Al Horford that rest in the playoffs because that's where they struggled last year. When, when Al Horford rested, they struggled on defense. So they brought Blake in for that. But guess what? Griffith and all these other kids are now stepping up to where Blake might even just be a third option off yep. the bench, which is kind of, that's yep. kind of scary. Yeah. Arrested Blake coming off the bench as a third option in a playoff or championship series. It's a wrap. It's a wrap defensively in my book. It's, it's a crazy team to think of right now. Uh, going I mean, up against. I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, look at the Celtics right now. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is in the finalists for six man of the year. I think personally he could be a starter. So we have him. We have Derek White. We have yeah. Robert Williams. We have people, you know. So uh, Richard. Yep, Peyton Pritchard. I, I I have my own feelings about Peyton Pritchard, but I do think he is a great player, so, and I do think he's a So with me, option. with Pritchard, is the, here's the problem with him, and you see it. When he's hot, he's unstoppable. When the, when yeah. he starts hitting from the outside, he is a problem. He's a legit problem. And um, if he could just be consistent, he's, he's a dangerous guy. But I really like him. But like I said, William's healthy. And like I said, with Blake, and they're so deep. They're so deep at the bench, and I think that's their strength for this entire series. Yeah, so, I mean, I know where I have them going in this round. I have them sweeping. So how are you feeling about the Boston Celtics right now up 2-0? Do you think they can sweep the Atlanta Hawks and go into round two, or do you think that the Atlanta Hawks have at least one game on the Celtics? I don't think so. I think I think, you know... I was expecting Trey Young to show up, and, and the, the problem that we're seeing is is that they can't keep up with the Celtics. Number one, uh, number two, they don't have anybody really stepping up when they got to go to their bench. Um, the, the the Celtics seem to get on a roll. Um, game one, the Celtics, you know, they got into that third quarter where they're up by big, and then they allow them to creep back in. 
but they realize, hey, this is a game. We can't we can't do this. And then they, you know, they put their foot on their necks and, and they ended it. And then game two was a whole different story. Um, yeah. I think they know that sweeping them is going to be nice. But sometimes sweeping is a kiss of death. Sometimes you want to stay ready and not get that rest, um, depending, because it, it might be the sixes that they might have to go up against next. So the- I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not worried. Uh, the the only team I said this. The only team that I am worried about in the Eastern Conference is the New York Knicks. That's the only one because not only are they just as deep, but they also have players that are on their revenge tour. They got Julius Randle overlooked, had a big contract with New York. They have Josh Hart overlooked by Portland and traded away for basically nothing. And then after that, you also have Jalen Brunson, which is, in my opinion, having an MVP kind of year right now and Mm -hmm. leading that team into the playoffs. Milwaukee... I don't see them getting past the New York Knicks, honestly. I just think that whoever wins this series between the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers is going to be the team to watch for for the Celtics. Yes, yes. And, and like I said, you know, we've had some key injuries in these playoffs. Uh, we've seen, you know, we saw Giannis go down, injured yep. his back, hit the floor hard. He hasn't been back since he hit the floor. Uh, Jean Morant. He went down, and that was nasty because I thought he broke his his, his wrist. I was yeah. like, "Wow, his wrist is going to be broken." Yep. Luckily, it's not broken, but he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forget Harrow, his his yep. shooting hand. He went down. He's so it, injuries injuries can really change the aspect of how this playoff series goes. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if I I I agree with the. Memphis one because that gave the whole team uh all right, let's go, let's keep on going. We we don't have John Morant, we need to go up to the next guy. But mm-hmm. for Giannis and Hero, I don't really think that changes anything because you uh, in my opinion, you lost your best player on both teams there. So I I mean look at Chris Milton having thirty three points last game. I think right. that I think that they'll be okay. I think Milwaukee will get past this round. I just don't think that they'll have enough firepower for whoever wins the next round between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. Because both of those teams, they're going strong. They're they're, they're holding their head. They have the star players. They have everything figured out. They have an offense that looks great with a defensive system that also looks great. I mean, looking at it right now, if Milwaukee even makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm really not worried for the Boston Celtics. Nope. I'm not either. Because like I said, you know, the the, the way that, that that went down last year is the fact that, you know, that they got hurt on the second side of the ball, you know, when, when they had to sit Horford, you know. Yeah. And and granted, they went all the way. They went all the way and, you know, they lost um, just short of the line. But like I said, defensively, Getting getting Blake is is the key. They're deep. I think they don't have any issues with Milwaukee this time around. Yeah, no way. And I, and I know when we were planning this out, we didn't say that we were going to talk about them. But you know, the Golden State Warriors as well. They're they're on the verge of. I'm pretty sure they're zero and two right now. Right? It's either zero yes. and two or one and one. So yeah. I mean, looking at that. To me, the only kryptonite to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is Steph Curry. And if he's not there, I think the Celtics go all the way here. Well, you know what? I feel like, to be honest, I feel like, you know, the NBA and a lot of people want this Lakers-Celtics matchup because, you know, there's a lot of destiny, 
you know, this is the year of Havlicek stole the ball. And a lot of the purists, they want to relive that whole excitement. Um, it's a ratings monster, number one. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to see the Celtics walk into an easy championship. I think they want that legacy. But to be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't see the Lakers making it. To be honest, I think there's a lot of things going on there. This this stuff with Anthony Davis this week is just horrendous. So, uh, me personally, I think Anthony Davis has had his best years. I don't think he's the same Anthony Davis that he when we he, he got drafted. I think mm-hmm. he he peaked too early. Like his last year that was great was the year that they won the championship. I you know, I don't see AD being a top 10, 15 player in the league anymore because of how injured he is. So for me, I'm not really worried about the Lakers. In fact, if you talk about, you know, you don't want the Celtics to get an easy reign and all of that. If the Lakers go in, that is an easy reign for me because I think they half of their players couldn't tie up the shoes of the other side. I think this, <laughs> I think the Celtics are way too good to go against the Lakers right now. I don't personally well, me. I don't even think the Lakers should be in the playoffs right now. Well, for and me, I, and what what bothers me about this whole thing with the NBA right now, and, and you're a young kid, you don't you you don't know about the things that we saw in the NBA in the in the 80s and 90s. So if unless you were able to watch do, those games, I do, okay, I do. Okay. So <laughs> my thing is is the attitude of players today is the reason why we have the problem with the NBA of the way it is today. Um, We're in the playoffs right now. You're not going to see guys sitting on the bench because their ankle hurts or their wrist hurts. I remember watching the Celtics drive through the playoffs and into a championship with Robert Parrish with bone spurs and Larry Bird saying, hey, just stay half court. And as long as you can get down the other end and just block, (laughs) don't worry about coming up and down the court and transitioning. Just stay half court. And then when you need to go over, just go over and do what you need to do. I remember that. You know, you remember guys playing injured. You remember Jordan. A lot exactly. of these guys, these guys today, I, I've, you know, and I've had some NBA stars on our show we've talked with, and and the guys today are pansies. One hundred ten percent. I know JJ. I know JJ Redick will hate me for that, but I I, I agree with you one hundred ten percent. I'm the first person out here in my generation that will look at you and say Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, and the only person that's right behind him is Kobe Bryant. I will be the first person that says that. All right, I have Kareem in my top five. I have. Uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson in my top five. I don't have LeBron James in my top five players. I think personally he's too drama queen. He's too cheerleadish. Like he 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 doesn't he doesn't have that alter that it's like all right. Well now I have to turn it on like that. You know he can't lead a team without getting players that are already known in the league. It's it proves. Look at the Cleveland Cavaliers twice. Both times that he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, he needed to either leave to go to Miami Heat to go join other players, or two, he traded away the whole team to get players that were known or on the up and coming. And here's the other problem with this, and this is what I hate about the league as a whole. He he is pretty much an NBA mercenary. He ruined Cleveland twice. He went to Miami. He went back to Cleveland, and then he went to L.A. He's a mercenary. He goes out to the highest bidder for championships. 
Here's my thing, and, and here's what goes on in the NBA today that I really hate the NBA to the point where I almost didn't watch the NBA for this reason. Imagine this in the 90s. And imagine this, how dangerous this would be, but it goes on the NBA today. You still have Michael Jordan playing for the Bulls. You have okay. Magic Johnson still playing for the Lakers at one time on the same court. You also had Larry Bird still on the court. Magic Johnson and, and, and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan said it best on his documentary. He said that every week he wanted to beat the best, to be mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. He wanted to beat the best. He didn't want to to be teammates with Magic Johnson. He didn't want to be teammates with Larry yeah. Bird. He didn't want to be teammates with Joe Dumas. He wanted to beat these guys. And here's the problem. Imagine if you had the NBA mentality today and put mm -hmm. it in the 90s and you say the offseason's coming and, and Magic Johnson picks up the phone and says, hey, hey, Michael Jordan, think about this, um. We've got some free agent money to free up. Want to come over here and, and, and get a ring with us? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let, come on over here to the Lakers. Okay, Magic jo Magic gets Jordan to come over. Okay. Hey, Larry, you got one year left, man. You're not doing much over there. How about you come to L.A.? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, Bird says, you know what? I only got one year. He's right. Let me, let me go over there. Now all of a sudden, you got an L.A. squad with Magic Johnson Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and they're going to run the table, of course, and get that last chip. That's the NBA today. Yep. And I hate it. I hate the fact that they do that now. You know, players, you don't even really have head coaches coaching teams because teams are making moves for the GMs already in the offseason yep. at the strip club. And that, it bothers the shit out. Yep. It bothers and, the hell out of you. You're good. You're good. And it, I, I personally 110% agree with you. The, the NBA in the 80s and 90s were way softer and was honestly more comp well less competitive than what it was in the 80s and 90s. The 80s and 90s were the most competitive times in NBA basketball period because you had these people that were like, all right, well, we're the main player of a team. Why would we want to go join another main player to take a second spot? That doesn't make sense. That does not that does not make sense. All right, you need to find your Robin or your or your Batman or whatever. That's right. You know, and you need to stick with it and you need to get in the off season, get better. This this is what Michael Jordan was talking about when it when he was talking about in his documentary, once again going back to that, it became personal, you know. He, Michael Jordan literally for the Space Jam tryout, quote unquote. It was a five-on-five mm -hmm. five with the best players, and he mentally learned what moves they were going to do in the NBA season. So it wasn't a tryout. It was a learn so I can get better, and what can I do to beat you? And that's not how it is anymore, which is sad, and it's, you know, we're looking at, you know, LeBron James, quote-unquote, one of the best players in the league, losing the first round of the playoffs. I mean, I don't Again. know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. If you, if you look at LeBron James and say he's one of the best in the league, I, I I just I can't I can't do it because you have these players. Kobe Bryant wouldn't be satisfied with that. Uh, Michael Jordan wouldn't be satisfied with that. Kareem wouldn't be satisfied with that. Larry Bird wouldn't be satisfied with that. None of these guys would let that happen. So to have LeBron James come out here and lose to a guy like Dylan Brooks, I mean, come on, come on. And, and my, they don't even have John Morant. You know. And my thing is with LeBron, 
I, I, I always had this hatred for LeBron in high school because I remember when he was going to high school in a brand new Hummer and everybody knew that a booster or somebody got him that Hummer, but it's, oh, it's my cousin's, it's my cousin's Hummer. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. I knew from that point on that 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 was the type of person LeBron was. And yeah. when he left Cleveland to go to Miami to get that chip, I knew that. Why are you all surprised? We seen this when he was in high school. You yeah. saw this. I, 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 you know, and he is a great player. Um, and I, I wouldn't he take is. that away from him until the year he sat in the playoffs. And I think it was game three because his ankle hurt. And I said, he's no player. It's game three of the playoffs, and you're sitting because your ankle in the third quarter. Yeah, Jordan yeah. would have never did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. This is why. This is why Michael Jordan and Kobe and all the players that I said are above LeBron in the top five. I will give LeBron number six all time. I will say that he's number six on my all time list, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. But here's here's the difference: Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem. Bird and Magic would not sit in a playoff game. That's number one. Right. And number two, all the five players that I named are bona fide leaders. Not even on their team, but in the league. And I'm sorry, LeBron just is not a leader. He's a follower. So that's what I have on that. But getting back to the playoffs and everything like that, yes. let's let's talk about two players that I think are better than LeBron anyways. Uh, let's talk let's talk about Kevin Durant going against Kawhi Leonard um, with the series tied 1-1. How are you feeling about the Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns? Look, you know, this was a series that, you know, I, I didn't think a lot of people were going to see this coming. Um, but it came, it's to fruition, and um, it's a good series. And, you know, I like it. I like it. I, I'm liking the Suns, though. I, I, really? I'm liking the Suns to take this. Yeah. Really? Wow. All right. So, see, I have the, I have the direct opposite. Um, we, have, we have Kevin Durant. We have Kawhi Leonard. We know that. Here's the thing. We have Russell Westbrook on the LA Clippers. And we know mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is not going to let Kevin Durant get by easy. We know that's not going to happen. We we just know it. So, I mean, right now looking at it, you know, you have a Denver Nuggets team that falls to shambles in the second and third round. You have a Clippers and Phoenix team. I think the Clippers are going to take that. I think it's going to be a seven-game series. I think you have the Memphis Grizzlies on the other side. Um, and then after that, you have the winner of what's the other game I'm missing here? Uh, Kings and Warriors. Did you mention Kings, Kings and Warriors? So you have the Kings That's and tonight Warriors. tonight at ten. Yeah. Yep. So you have the Kings and Warriors. I think you have an LA Clippers versus Sacramento Kings Western Conference Finals. I I just I just see that happening, and I think that you're going to see the LA Clippers make it to the finals to go against the Celtics. We talk about we talk about hard rings. We talk about the LA and Boston dynamic. I know it's not the Lakers. Sorry, LA fans. But we have the next best thing. We got the LA Clippers to go against the Celtics. And that would be nice because you have to remember a lot of the Celtics front office people who were no longer here are out there with the LA Clippers. Yep. People forget that. That dynasty was actually built by a former Celtics coach. Um, and that's when they started that run. So yep. it would be nice to see the LA Clippers against the Celtics in the championship. 
My only other problem is, is that I'm really upset with the fact that these, I would like to watch a lot more West Coast games, but oh, 1030 course. starts here on the East Coast is just, <laughs> when you got to work and got school the next morning. Hey, I'm still hard. watching. I'm still watching. <laughs> Listen, this is my job right here. This is the only thing that matters, you know? So <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the LA Clippers right now. And, you know, even without Paul George, they're looking like the best team in the playoffs other than the Boston Celtics. And I think with Russell Westbrook as that second guy, the LA Clippers can't go wrong. Dynamic duo, let's talk about Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook because R Russell is on his revenge tour. And you know what? I hope they do go against the other LA team. I hope some way LA Lakers decides to vamp it up and, you know, they decide to beat the Memphis Grizzlies because I personally think that the LA Clippers are coming for LeBron. And I, I just... I. I don't know. I see. I see it happening. I see the L.A. Clippers going to the NBA Finals for me. My <laughs> Finals matchup: L.A. Clippers versus the Boston Celtics. I don't know what you got, but I, I, I see. I'm an old school guy, and I'm hoping to just one last time have a Lakers Celtics championship. But I tell you right now, I wouldn't mind the Clippers. Like I said, yeah. a lot of a, a lot of that dynasty has been built because of Boston, yep. and um, I I and think that Lakers. would be even. Don't they have yeah. Jerry West? Yep, so I think that would be a very exciting series. And I think it sells well here in Boston. I think Boston yeah. fans would love to see a Clippers-Celtics championship. That would be, I think it would sell real well here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you talk about Jason Tatum and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Both of those two players, phenomenal years right now. They are having phenomenal years. And I think, I think you have <laughs> to go out on a bane and say, all right, well, Kawhi deserves to be in the finals again. He's putting in the work. He's got Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook deserves to be in the finals again because they're both, you know, they're both going at it. They got the biggest bench right now. Talk about Norman Powell. Talk about Mason Plumlee. Talk about all these key guys and all these key cats that they got. And then you have the Boston Celtics. Same thing but on the Eastern same side. Same thing. Yeah, so, same I thing. Think, same bench situation. So you're looking at a good game for four quarters, yep. not much resting. You know, a lot of guys are going to be out there. And like I said, right now, the best the best tandem right now that everybody's talking about is is the JT Jalen Brown yep. tandem. Um, they're putting up points like nobody's ever put up before with this tandem. And um, people stop sleeping on Marcus Smart. I, I don't I don't know what it is with a lot of people in Boston here, but this hate against Marcus Smart, I just don't get really? it. The guy you've is heard? a solid player. You've, you've heard you've heard hate on Marcus Smart? I, I haven't. <laughs> Personally, I've I've heard I've heard the direct opposite. I've heard people say that their favorite player on the Boston Celtics is Marcus Smart because he's the one that gels it all together. Oh yeah. It's 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 when you go on certain forums, you know, earlier this year people wanted to trade him. There were people out there that were talking about trading Marcus Smart away and I'm like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah. Stop it. I, I don't you think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I don't no think that's going to happen. He's a, he's a key piece, man. For, for a, a casual piece. fan, for a casual fan, maybe, but for a real Boston Celtics fan, I can guarantee and you that they want Marcus Smart on their team. Speaking of the Celtics, the one thing that they do have to do, and they're doing a good job of it right now, but that's because they're controlling the game. Um, the, Celtics, the Celtics last year, they got themselves in a lot of trouble with fouls because they like to berate the refs in closed games. And um, one of the things they said they addressed in the offseason was trying to keep their control and not talk a lot of trash to the refs because they know that also transitions into, into fouls being called, which is kind of crappy that, yeah. that this is a known thing. But 
Um, right now, they're on a roll, but when they get down into these later series and possible championship, they have to learn to reel it in and just yep. play ball. I, I think that's always been Jason Tatum's problem. He doesn't. There's been times where he doesn't get back on defense. There's been times where he's complaining to the refs. You know, it's playoff time. It's a different name game. Go out, go do your thing, go get your 30 points, but also get 10 rebounds with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. All right, but anyways, next we're going to be talking about the MVP race in the NBA, and then we're going to head into some different sports. So stay tuned for that here on Live Zone Sports. We are here, Live Zone Sports. We are going to be talking about wrestling. Obviously, there's got there's going to be a lot of questions here because when it comes to sports, yes, basketball is my favorite sport, but when it comes to sports and entertainment, WWE is the way to go for me. So I got I got a lot because when I heard that you like WWE Sinister, I had the biggest smile on my face. So uh, let, let, <laughs> let's let's get into it. So my first question for you is, we have Roman Reigns here, the next guy, the next Rock, the next John Cena, right? We have him going for a thousand days. Who is going to be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns? I want to hear it. I've been watching WWE, and I've been paying attention to the storylines. And as much as people don't see it or want to believe it, the guy who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns after the thousand days is going to be one of his own members of the bloodline, Jay. Uso. And the reason why I'm going to say this is because when you go back to SummerSlam about four years ago, the first person to pin Roman Reigns in the WWE was Jay Uso. Also, remember the infamous, I don't give a damn what the, what the tribal chief thinks. That heat from that moment, the WWE knew we got to build on that heat. That heat in that moment, it was it, it went viral. It's been building. Um, they utilized it in the storyline with Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn, where you know he was he. I feel Jay Uso is going to be that guy um, that's going to dethrone Roman Reigns. I also feel that this also plays into this WWE draft that's coming up because I feel this is going to be their way to split the Usos. I think Jay Uso is going to get split okay. in the draft. And I think, I think what's going to happen is, is that's going to be forcing Jay to become a solo competitor because he's going to be split from the Usos in this upcoming draft. And you're going to see this big push for Jay. And I'm going to expect to see, Jay possibly take this belt from Roman Reigns. I don't see that happening at, 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 at WrestleMania. It may happen later in this. It might even it may even be SummerSlam. It could be SummerSlam. I don't know. It's coming. But Jay Uso right. is my guy. So you Jay don't have Uso is my pick. You, you you don't have another pick that's like all right. Well, maybe like the far fetch pick. You don't have one of those. No, because I, I I've been watching it and I've been watching these storylines. How they've been delivering, and in 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 the in the WWE, and the, and the suck part is 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 Vince McMahon is back and he's calling the shots. I know he is, but 
um, they they respond to what goes on on social media. And that moment when that heat happened between Jay, and then you go back and you realize that Jay Uso was the first person to pin Roman Reigns. It's a great storyline. It is a great storyline. It is. And now, Jay Uso can shoot a promo. Oh, 110%. He can shoot a promo. Now, before I go into that, I do want to say, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Jay Uso that pins Roman Reigns. I've been waiting for two years now, and every time that Roman gets close to being pinned, he kicks out. It, it, it's like, it's like, oh, he's going to finally lose. He's going to finally... Oh, he kicked out. <laughs> Roman won. All right. That was good, WWE. Good one. All right. Now, I think it's going to be Jey Uso. Here's the reason. We go back to Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Who was the guy that stepped in the way? Jey Uso. And we're not even going to talk about this, but he did give Eddie Guerrero vibes without even showing it. Like he 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 did, he did. He showed his inner Eddie Guerrero when he was like, when he was like growling at him and shit. I I personally think that Jay Uso is going to be the guy. Before he got speared, I you know I I wanted it to be Sammy. I wanted it to be Sammy. I really did. We're not going to talk about Cody because I don't even think Cody should have been in that position because of what the bloodline was already doing. Hence why I think both titles should be split up. That's where I see this draft coming in handy. I see Roman Reigns and Jey Uso going to SmackDown. Yeah. I see Cody going to Raw. Cody's going to come out with that new championship. And then Roman Reigns is going to hold those two titles, or if they change it to one, that one universal title, until, I'm going to say Money in the Bank. Because they're, they're bringing Money in the Bank back. And I think to, mm-hmm. to make sure that the Money in the Bank is very important, I think you need to put Jey Uso on top then. Do I think Jey Uso will hold it as long as Roman? No. I don't think we're going to see that for a long while. A thousand days, that's... We haven't seen somebody do that since Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. That is insane. That's insane. We, we, we got to witness that. I will say, I would have loved to see Roman versus Rock. And I do think that's still a possibility at WrestleMania next year. But it doesn't need a title. For that reason, I'm going to say Jay takes it at Money in the Bank. I think that he's going to be an amazing champion. But let's also not forget, play back a little bit on Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn said something that was very important, and that's when I knew that it was going to be Jay Uso. I acknowledge you. Once that happened, once that happened, I was like, it's going to be Jay. Jay's going to be the mm-hmm. one to beat him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, the bloodline could go either way. I personally hate seeing the bloodline disband because I see my family as like the bloodline. You know, I, I, I'm the Roman Reigns. I got, I got my cousin and my brother. Those are the Usos. And then, you know, as much as 
He's not a Nicholas. He's still family. We got next step here too. So. Sure. <laughs> I appreciate it. But but I will say I I will say that Solo is my other pick. I think Solo can become a champion real really quickly. They're pushing him hard, and I think you know he could be like a Batista type of person where he like grows into that spot with the championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's the far fetched one for me, but for me it's obviously going to be Jey Uso. Um, but my next we you want to go into the draft? Let's go into the draft. I'm going to name some people. Tell me where you think they're going. My number one person that I will say, and this is for next step because he's doing homework, so I want him to answer it quickly too. Seth Rollins. Mm. Where do you see him going? Raw or SmackDown? I think he's going raw. I think he's your Monday night guy. I, I like I like Seth Rollins. He's got the SmackDown attitude, but he's going raw. I think he's he might even be the number one pick. I think he might even be that number one pick to Raw. Really? Number one? Yeah, I th- I think Seth Rollins is is gonna get that pick, and you know, he's he's holding it down. He's holding it down. He's a fan favorite. I think he's he's raw. But okay. like I said, this this draft is yeah. I can't wait to talk about because there's so many surprises that I think is gonna happen. Okay. Next up, what you got? <clears throat> all right. Well, I kind of got thrown into this, so sorry for all the sports fans. Um, I think he's gonna go raw as well. I haven't really? seen as much. For Raw or SmackDown, but I do know that Seth Rollins definitely knows how to make an entrance, and you saw that at WrestleMania. So I definitely think that he has the capability to be in Raw. All right, I'm gonna go the direct opposite, guys. Me personally, I see Seth Rollins going SmackDown, and I know I said I saw Roman going SmackDown earlier, but I think I'm gonna change that. SmackDown's your flagship show right now. I don't think you have a better show out there than SmackDown, and for that reason. I'm going to say we talk about how he's the quote-unquote Monday night guy. That's what it used to be. He is the Friday night guy now. So I think Seth Rollins goes SmackDown. I see him going second, by the way, not first. But anyways, next person, Roman. Where do you see him going? I I agree with you. I think he ends up SmackDown. So they can give Cody raw. I think that's where they're headed with this. Really? All right. So I think personally me, um, I think if with, with Vince being in there, he wants Monday night to be his flagship show again. So I think, I think he's going, I think he's going Monday. That's me personally. I, I, I just see, I, you know, you have the best, to me personally, you have one of the best commentators on Friday, but I think if you have Michael Cole switch, even I think Monday Night Raw is going to be their flagship show again. I'm going Monday Night Raw, uh, I, I, and it's funny because I used to love Raw, but I, it, SmackDown on Friday nights has just come on so strong, and it's a nice night. You know, it, it, it's. To be honest, I've always been a Friday night SmackDown guy. Even when they had the, even when I called them the Friday Six, you had Edge, you had Eddie, you had Ray, you had Chris, you had Kurt, and you had Cena. 
That was hard to beat. I w- I've always been a Friday Night Smackdown guy. Even even when the big guys where Cena and Batista were, I always wanted to watch Batista more than I wanted to watch Cena because I knew Cena was going to win with Batista. I knew he was going to win as well, but there was still a chance that he didn't, you know? So hmm. for me, I've always been a Friday Night Smackdown guy, which is why I think they need to put Seth Rollins in Friday Night because he's the show. So I see him... Going to the show, and that's Friday night. Um, next, Solo. I think he's going to Raw. I think he's going to Raw, <clears throat> and I think I think Jimmy also Jimmy Uso is going with him to Raw. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> um. So, for Solo. I think that's another one that goes to Friday Night SmackDown. I think you need to get him away from Roman so he can build. And I think the only way to get him there is to put him on the flagship show and see how he does. Same way that Batista got put on SmackDown. You know, I think I think he needs a change. And I think he needs to be on his own and be that Umaga character. And I think we need to see him as a champion one day. But I do think that he goes over the Friday Night. <clears throat> Um, so another guy that I want to hear, Gunther, where you see him go. I think he stays flagship on SmackDown. I think he stays on SmackDown. Um, I got a lot of respect for him at the Royal Rumble, and then he turned around and killed it at WrestleMania. You know, he killed in that match. I think, I think he's, he's, I think he stays, I think he's a SmackDown guy all the way. I do agree with you. I think he's SmackDown. I don't think he brings the Intercontinental Championship with him to SmackDown, though. I think that I think somehow, some way, that's gonna get reversed. I don't know how, but um, I don't see the Intercontinental Championship being on SmackDown. But I do see Gunther being there. I do see him being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, uh, Austin Theory stays Raw. Okay, I see that. I, I, I think well. he's. I think he stays Raw. I think he's going to be on Raw. All right. Jay Uso. Jay Uso's going to SmackDown. He's going away from the other guys. He's, right. going, he's going SmackDown. That's their flagship, and he's going to be the guy to take Roman Reigns down. He's going SmackDown. <clears throat> Sami Zayn. So here's the question. Do they get split? Do him and Kevin Owens get split? Um, I don't think so. I don't not think the, they... Not with them being the tag champs. Not with and them being you know what? Chance. They're better on Raw. I think they go Raw, the two of them. Really? Yep. And I and I and I think the I think the honeymoon doesn't last for the rest of the year either. I think I think a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn feud is coming back in the oh, near yeah. future. Oh yeah. All right, Matt Riddle. Ooh. So I'm worried about. So and here's the funny thing: we've got two. We got two mats right now that have come back to wrestling with very public drug issues. Um, we've got you've got Riddle and you've got Hardy back in AEW. Um, both guys are coming off of drugs and alcohol. Um, it's great to see these guys back. I was kind of hoping Riddle was coming back with a new persona, as it was rumored, but it didn't. He came right back as the bro dude. Um, they've really got to build his character. They've really got to find a way for him to find his niche. 
I don't think he's ready for SmackDown. I think he's good. I think he, I think Riddle stays Raw right I now. Agree. I don't think I, he. I don't think he can carry SmackDown. I've never been a fan of Riddle's bro character, so therefore I'm going to put him in on Raw. But I could see him going back down to NXT as well. And and that this is where the big part of the draft change comes because NXT wrestlers. Um, are part of this draft. This is going to be a way, I think, that they're going to get Braun Breaker. Um, I also think that if she wasn't injured and had tore her ACL, I think Nikita Lyons would have been part of this draft. She could still may. They may mm-hmm. still draft her with the injury, so we'll see. Yep. Yep. Um, we could see Nikita Lyons get drafted. Um, we've also got um, injured people coming back. I think they used the draft to announce Big E coming back. Okay. I think Where do that you see would Big be e Ooh. I would think so Big E had a big pop before he broke his neck. Um Big E will go SmackDown. He I the agree. crowd loves him. And I think and I think him coming back, you gotta capitalize on him coming back from almost a career in the injury. He's gotta go SmackDown, Big E. Okay. Braun Breaker. So if he comes up from NXT, I think he goes to Raw first, just to I don't think they're gonna put him smack down right away. I think he, he gets drafted to raw to raw and let him let him let him break his bones there. You know, let him let him break his his bones there and get it and get into this mainstream character that he needs to. Becky Lynch. Hmm. Raw. Really? I'm I'm not a fan of Becky Lynch. I feel like she's really one dimensional. Um, I think Lita and Trish are outshining her right now in in, in, in the storyline that's really? going on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of Becky Lynch. I feel she's very one-dimensional. I uh, to be honest, I like I like Iota Sky and Dakota better than Becky Lynch. I, I like those two girls. I think they're way better and more entertaining in the ring, to be honest, than Becky Lynch. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the man. Okay. I see you're going to SmackDown. I see you're going flagship again. Oof. I see you're going for that championship. I really do. Um, Finn Balor. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. He's got to go SmackDown. He's got to go SmackDown. He's a star. I, th- I th- to be honest, I think everybody in the Judgment Day is going to have to go SmackDown. They're all stars. That that whole roster is loaded. I think they're splitting up. I think Rhea stays on SmackDown. They all stay on Raw. Ooh. Be a good one. Be I a think good one Rhea, if they do. I think Rhea's going to... I think that's going to be one of the surprises. Um, <laughs> I got I got more. It's just that I'm, I'm trying to... Dakota Kai. I feel like the split's coming on, on the draft. I feel... I, I've, I've been watching their matches. I've been watching Bailey's reactions... Um, I feel like Bailey's the storyline behind the scenes is like Bailey's a little jealous of of their successes, and I think that that they're going to be split. I think that we're going to see that team split. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like uh, they're they're ready to push a Japanese wrestler. They've they, you know they they've been pushing Asuka, but I I really think this is the Japanese wrestler's time. In WWE, so yeah, okay. I think a split's coming. I think a split's coming, and I think uh, Sky will be on SmackDown. 
Okay. All right. I, I personally like Dakota better than any of them. Um, mm-hmm. So if she is on Raw, I hope she gets her championship title match because she deserves it. Um, yeah. Raquel Rodriguez. She's raw. I, and she's, she just feels raw to me. Just I feel that's where she fits in. Okay. I, I'm, she's, she's another one that really needs to work. She's strong. She's got a great presence, but I feel like she's not a, she's not a SmackDown night girl. All right. I, I say SmackDown. Reason why I say SmackDown is because I think Vince will push her. <laughs> me personally. So I have a few more, and then we'll go into the next thing. So um, the next person I want to hear from is Randy Orton. In, in, he's another guy that can come back during this draft. If Randy Orton comes back in this draft, I think he goes right to SmackDown. He's a he's a I think he's a guy that can bring instantaneous people off their feet. Everybody's been wanting this guy to come back. SmackDown all day. I agree. All day. I agree. All day. He I can't agree. come back on Raw. He's got to get drafted to SmackDown. All right. Grayson Waller. <sighs> Ooh. I'm going to keep him on Raw right now. He's he's making a lot of noise, but I I don't think he's ready yet. I, I'm going to keep him with Raw. My guy is next. I, I agree with you on the Raw, by the way. My guy, Carmelo Hayes. Ooh. <laughs> Look, people. We, we saw the Elimination Chamber. That's where we first really seen Carmelo Hayes shine was in that elimination chamber. I was like, I remember watching elimination chamber and I'm like, whoa, something's going on here. And then we had the Royal rumble and I'm like, Oh, Oh, uh Oh, we got a problem here. Carmelo Hayes Smackdown. I agree. I agree. 110%. Yeah. He just stopped waiting to break out. The dude is going to be just as big as Shawn Michaels was in 97. The dude is great. Watch Carmelo Hayes. Um, Baron Corbin. He can't seem to find his spot. He stays on Raw. He can't. I don't think he can carry SmackDown. I'm He's putting lost. him in NXT. You could be right. You could be very right. Yeah, yeah. I could see that too because I feel like he needs more work. His character is lost. Even in the dude. They even disrespected them in the promos when they had the po- the poker game on the Raw 30th anniversary, and they they disrespected them with the AP. And I was like, "How far has Barry Corbin fallen?" Like it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you you yeah. you might have even hit it there." He could go back to NXT, yeah. to be honest. Rey Mysterio and the LWO. That's going SmackDown. That, and I don't see them breaking that up because I can't see you bringing the LWO. Back to break it up. I think that whole unit goes to SmackDown. Um, it's hot right now. That is hot. All right. I have them going to Raw. I think partly they can carry because, SmackDown. Partly because I think they need I I think Raw needs somebody that can carry on the on the mid card. And I think Rey Mysterio and Escobar are gonna be those people. I think LWO is gonna shine on Raw. And here's the funny thing too, if you do. Guess where that goes back to? That goes back to a, a nice little nod and tribute to WCW Nitro, where 
the luchador wrestlers really changed wrestling because people forget that luchadors was a gimmick in the wwe they didn't take it really serious we really didn't see the strength of luchador wrestling until wcw nitro to be honest and that was Rey mysterio Juger lager all those guys we saw that and we were like holy what the hell is this this isn't what we were seeing in the wwe from lucha libres yeah no way so you you could be right the lwo and monday night raw could be the spot um all right i have a few more Liv morgan that's my girl you know what i'm saying smackdown the, yeah the crowd likes her the, the people like her um i think Liv morgan does go smackdown i agree all right. Um, you obviously know mine, but Rhea Ripley. Smackdown. Okay. Smackdown. That's my girl. <laughs> Rhea Ripley. Oh my God. That's that is my that's my women wrestler crush right there. And and she's Smackdown. Mine's she's live. got it. Mine's live. She's got it. Rhea Ripley has got it. Um she is this generation's she's she's there. She's she's it. She is the it factor for women's wrestling right now. All right. And then the last one I have, or the last two I have, sorry. Sheamus. I love Sheamus. Uh, uh, look, Sheamus, Sheamus is like Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryant, they're, they're, they're some of the biggest, hardest workers in wrestling. But for some reason, they never get the respect. Um, and I feel like I feel like he should be SmackDown. But I have this feeling there's a thing there with Vince, and I think he stays raw. And I think he and I think if he stays raw, he doesn't stay in the WWE long. I, I think he's he should be a he should be bigger than what he really is. I think he's going where the wherever Gunther goes. Yep. So yep. I think I think for my sake, I think he's gonna stay on SmackDown. Okay. Yep. All right. And then my la my last one is Drew. McIntyre. He's done. Drew McIntyre is done. After last weekend, Drew McIntyre, after SmackDown, Drew McIntyre on all of his social media removed all of his WWE branding. Um, he put a plaque circle up, and the rumor is, is that he's off to the AEW. So okay. uh, that that's the that's the word that he is done. Um, I hate to see him go. Um, I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre, but this is just the most recent news. He, you know, he's removed everything from WWE. His contract is up in June, and there, there's already memes and stuff of Drew going to AEW. Um, they've already got him, who he's going to be matched up with. Um, so it's going to be – we're going to have to see. We're going to have to All see right. about that one. Keep our All eyes right. on that one. So, so for the last one then, Ronda Rousey. I know. I know. Look – not everybody works coming over to wrestling. And you know what? I had, I ain't gonna lie, I had high hopes when Ronda Rousey jumped over that wall with The Rock at WrestleMania to smack Stephanie McMahon. I had high hopes for Ronda Rousey, but there is something about Ronda Rousey that just doesn't work with her in professional wrestling. I don't think she can carry SmackDown at all, to be honest. Um, I think her and Shayna Baszler, I'd rather, I, I'd rather would watch paint dry then watch the two of them wrestle. I, I got them on. I got them on Raw. I, 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 there are so many other women who put on exciting matches than those two. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
You're talking about Shayna Baszler too? Yeah, I can't stand both of them. I think I think they're okay. two of the most overrated female wrestlers in wrestling right now. There's so many other wrestler female wrestlers that are better than them in in in, in WWE. And I get right. it. They're they're UFC people. They they put butts in the seat. Um, they're definitely not SmackDown in my book. I think they stay Raw. I think Shane is going to get pushed. Ugh. I really do. <laughs> oh. No, seriously, she is one of the best NXT female champions of all time, right behind Oscar. She's number. If two. they do, if they do, she's going to turn on Ronda. She's going to turn on Ronda then. She's yeah, going to turn on Ronda then, and she's going to become a face. She's going to have to. That and that's that's mm-hmm. how it's going to have to work. That's exactly yeah. how it's going to have to yeah. work. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to happen. I see I see her going to I, I see Ronda going to Raw. I see Shayna going to SmackDown, and then Oscar. I also see going to SmackDown. So and here's the thing too. You have to remember too. Um, right now, you've got Bianca Belair who's defending her title, and you've got Rhea Ripley. Staying Charlotte Raw, wasn't really she, Charlotte really wasn't wasn't defending that title because she's had other things going on in her health and stuff like that. Rhea Ripley has to show and prove that she's this this beast of a champion. So I feel like yeah, you know, breaking up some of these tag teams, making Baszler a solo now. Um, yeah, we need we need to line some people up for Rhea Ripley and stop right. building that legacy. All right. I think I think that's it. I mean, we'll save Vince and everything for another time and we'll save oh. the we'll save the we'll save the other one. We'll, we'll save it for next week. How about that? <clears throat> nice. But the one thing I do have to mention before we get out of here and we're since we're on the topic of wrestling, for those who don't know, Dark Side of the Ring, which was probably one of the best documentary shows on Vice, mm-hmm. was canceled. Two years ago. Well, guess what? They announced on their Instagram this week that Dark Side of the Ring will be back awesome. for a new season. That's and awesome. for those who don't know, um, Dark Side of the Ring, this isn't your A&E Legends fluff <laughs> cupcake show that they're putting out there every week. This isn't the Peacock WWE Let's Talk to. No. Dark side of the ring is the stuff that Vince McMahon and all these guys and people don't want you to know about. <laughs> Which is it's, awesome because we need more of it. So bring it, bring it to yeah. us, please. Bring it to us yes. more than Mary. Um, but anyways, Sinister, thank you. You've been an awesome guest. I hope to have yes, you here next week to talk about Vince and a top ten list for wrestling, uh, but we'll we'll see we'll see if you're down for it. If you're down, you're always welcome. Thank you for being here, and for all the listeners, you're either listening to ninety point seven Spotify, YouTube, whatever you're listening to. There's there's a bunch of them now, so I don't. It's hard to keep track. But anyways, you're listening here uh, to the TCN. Stay tuned for next week where we talk about the same stuff, wrestling. Basketball, football, here next week. Stay tuned.